As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. SIFPOP Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience, even on Sundays. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that every single week accidentally uses our actual names, it's SIFPOP. My real name is Ezekiel. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or the occasional Sunday. You can also download it later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Oh, yeah, me. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He is Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Andrew, good to see you, man. You as well. A rare Sunday recording for us. Thank you for accommodating my schedule. Oh, no, it's it's totally fine. Um... You know, it's one of those things where Sif Pop just comes out on the weekend at some point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, usually, it'll show up in your feed Saturday night, somewhere around there. This week, it'll show up Sunday night, something like that, you know, in the podcast feed. So, and I am cool with that, so it, it's not a huge deal. And I really was, it was interesting because we're going to talk about Black Klansmen today, and I know you've been out of town and busy and did not get a chance to see it, yeah. which is fine. That happens every once in a while. We're still going to talk about it, but it was interesting because um, I was thinking we'd be talking Crazy Rich Asians, which maybe we will at some point anyway. I don't know. It was very successful this weekend, but I sent out a poll, and it was overwhelming. Like Of the 200 votes, 77% of them said Black Klansman is the one they wanted to hear more about, so huh. it was it was interesting. Um, Crazy Rich Asians was like second place at like 9%. Wow. But, um, but yeah. It was insane, and then mile twenty two was like at six percent or something like that. So I really do want to see that movie. I want to see all those movies. That's the Berg movie, right? Yeah the 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 Bergs the, the Bergs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a great Tom Hanks film. Great comedy. The Bergs. The Bergs. <laughs> I thought that was a uh, series. What the Burbs? Oh, what was the uh, the series that Tom Hanks did? Were it Perfect was the, Strangers? Was that the one where like it was the all female? Uh, apartment complex so they had to dress like oh, no, women. perfect strangers is bulky right like um yeah no no i know what you're talking about um this is it's, it's just it's just like slipping my mind yeah. this so does not matter it doesn't matter and yet it somehow does you're thinking of bosom buddies yeah there we go so uh there you go and now we've We've covered everything we need to know about <laughs> what's going on. So, yeah, we're going to talk about Black Klansmen. Um, we're going to do an interesting best ever challenge, not about movies, but about actors, which yeah. should be interesting. We're going to talk best ever second generation actors. 
Uh, I got a lot. There are a lot. It's it's one of those surprising things, and I think it'll be a fun conversation because when you look into it, you're like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Right? There's yeah. so many that maybe maybe you don't know about. Of course, we'll do buried treasure. We've got a cool sift quest uh, that we're going uh, to do as well. And before we get to the do we care, I did want to mention some people asked me why we didn't talk about any of the Star Trek stuff last week. To which I said, "Well, there was so much other stuff." Yeah. So I wondered if you briefly wanted to chat a little bit about it was on the list for this week so oh it is yeah well then i jumped i just figured because it was a couple weeks old that maybe we we weren't chatting about it but the whole uh you know negotiations and stuff right that was the other part of it finally just happened so that's why i guess we could uh first uh before we get into that yeah let's do a we care deeply for aretha franklin yeah no i think that's appropriate for sure yeah um I was first introduced to her through Blues Brothers, you know. Oh, interesting. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Well, R-E-S-P-E-C-T is, in my mind, one of the greatest vocals of all time. Yeah. Um, I It is one of those songs from the first time I heard it as a kid that I was like, wow, how is somebody doing that with their voice? Like, yeah. it just, there's so much power there, so much intensity, um, and then there's also joy in it, too, and there's this groove in it. Like, uh, Aretha was just absolutely incredible. And I wasn't introduced through Blues Brothers. I was introduced just through her music. Yeah. I was big into what what I called oldies, which now oldies is like 80s and 90s. Ugh, <laughs> but no, it's for not. For me, oldies yeah. was like Motown and Aretha and soul. And yeah, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I used to love listening to her stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I think she was either like a surrogate grandmother for... Uh, uh, Whitney Houston, something like that. Okay. Uh, she knew her since she was like five hmm. years old. And uh, I guess Whitney like is either her grandmother or like treated her like her grandmother. It was very vague in the article I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you could definitely tell both of them were vocal titans. Yeah. And uh, it's a sad loss, but you know, she she passed away surrounded by family and friends. And yeah. that's that's good. Yeah, that's absolutely. A good way to and go. it's and it's definitely good to remember all the the cool stuff that she did and you know, I I put on some Aretha Franklin this week, you know, mm. it's just a a good reminder of what we can put into the world. So. Oh yeah. Cool stuff. All right, now moving on to Star Trek. Yeah. Both Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth are out on Star Trek 4. Well, we'll see. Uh it the th- article I read today said out and they've walked away from negotiations. You will see. Okay. I'm just telling you, there. okay, listen, if this happens, I'll gladly eat the crow, but I do not see them making a, another Star Trek movie without specifically Chris Pine. I don't no, think... No, I don't... See, that's the thing. I don't think it happens. I don't think... I think uh, three Star Trek movies and they're done. Yeah. I think... What, I, that's more likely than doing one without him, yeah. it feels to me. You know what they should do? Start making next generation movies. <laughs> Because that's where it's at, right there. I would love to see them both come in. I thought it's really cool that Hemsworth kind of played that role when he wasn't a huge star, and now yeah. that he is a huge star, you know, to make it a part of the movie, I thought was a really good idea. I like the new Star Trek movies. I think they they put out pretty good co- uh, content. I'd like two out of three. Yeah. So, uh, so I'd be, I, you know, I'm totally up for seeing another one. Here's the other part that makes the situation you you know talk about three and out un- more unlikely for me at least. Yeah. Is the studio is making bank on those movies, um, or at least on some of those movies? I don't know. Was it the last one or the second one that didn't do as well? Beyond didn't do too hot. So I think Rathacon or quote unquote Rathacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Beyond Darkness or something like that. Whatever it was called. 
I th- I think there's enough money to be made there that they'll figure it out. Yeah. I that's my guess is my guess is Pine will be back for another Star Trek movie because they want to make some money off of it. I'm not sure about Hemsworth. That that seems like you could you recast that. Yeah, it seems know? like even if you were going to use the same story, you could recast it. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a huge deal. But, uh, I didn't even know what the story I didn't even read the plot for it. So. Well, I haven't either. I just know he plays his dad. Yeah, because so, that's what he did in the first right, one, that yeah. quick cameo, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't really a cameo. Like you said, he wasn't famous back then. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't Thor. That's right. It uh, feels like a cameo now. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily then. Yeah. So finally, the last thing we're going to be talking about, Netflix. Now, this is a clarification for all the false things that are going around there. Netflix is not bringing unskippable unskippable ads to the binging all right so a spokesman came out today and they said what we're doing is we're doing a test we always had they said we always do test this is just the newest one and they are skippable it's like if you're in the middle of a binge at the end of an episode we'll say hey these are more things that are like you know what you're watching right now you can skip it or you know you could watch it it's not a you know, thing. It's so, not locked in there. Yeah. And it's a test for like, you know, a couple people. So, well, we'll like, uh, there's, uh, again, there might, you know, some, I always read a little asterisk at the end and then down at the bottom it says for now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like every company can say those things and then change their mind later. Yeah. Uh, it's not like that's a written contract with its, you know, uh, patrons of Netflix that they will, you know, never be able legally to do it. So if someday it makes sense for them, you know they'll do it, but I'm glad for now that that they're not doing. It. I never understood why Hulu had ads when I was subscribed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, like it seems to me you really should decide which way to go. You know, one way or the other. Do you pay the extra for no ads on Hulu? No, I do. No, but but I do pay for Hulu. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just weird that they have a, a you know a subscription that is you know. I just feel like every subscription should be no ads. But oh, that's I'm just right there me. with you. Yeah. Uh, finally, the sad news. Disney has announced they are not rehiring James Gunn. Yeah, they they I think they stamped that about as official as they can and said, "Let's yeah. move on. We're not doing this." Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is it's from high high up. That's my guess. Yeah, uh, apparently uh, Feige wasn't even in the negotiations for that because I guess Feige wanted him back. Yeah, but it, yeah, he wasn't even in the room. I'm guessing there's somebody with a lot of power that has a big opinion about this. Yeah, that's that's what I'm guessing. Uh, um, he has some big ears, and he goes, oh, <laughs> James Bond, I'm tired of your shenanigans. Oh, oh. I think it's yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, very nice. Well, that'll wrap it up. Stay off Twitter. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that'll wrap it up for Do We Care. All right, let's talk a little bit about Black Klansmen. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. Hello, this is Ron Stallworth calling. Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do for him? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. It's the early 1970s and Ron Stallworth, John David Washington, is the first African-American detective to serve in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Determined to make a name for himself, Stallworth bravely sets out on a dangerous mission infiltrate and expose the Ku Klux Klan. 
this is based on a true story, a book written by Ron Stallworth based on his experiences. John David Washington, of course, Denzel Washington's uh, son, and brought to us by Spike Lee. Uh, so I guess maybe before we get into this even, uh, Andrew, since you haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. what in, how do, in general do you react to Spike Lee movies? Like, is he hit and miss for you? Do you uh. generally like them, dislike them? Uh, hit and miss, like, the ones that he hits, he hits, you know, uh, my favorite, uh, Spike Lee movie is, uh, Inside Man. Inside Man, yeah. And then, um, what was his first, uh, joint that he did? Uh, Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing. I love yep. Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, uh, it, he, he's an acquired taste. He's definitely an artist. That's what I usually say That's when people a, talk about Spike Lee. Like, yeah. he... He is so he's so cinematic. He's very he understands cinema. So much of what he does is influenced by other projects, by other things in cinema that if sometimes I think with Spike Lee if you miss the reference, you miss how good it is. Like yeah. it's not it's not it's this this is just sometimes. Sometimes it's only good when you're on the same wavelength as as he is. And that can be dangerous because if if maybe you don't have the same history as he has, or cinematic understanding as he has, if the, if the story isn't working, it, you know, it might not. So that's kind of my experience with him. Yeah. Uh, as far as liked it, loved it, didn't like it, dislike it, or it was just okay, um, I am going with loved it. Good. Uh, I really enjoy this. I'd say maybe on the low side of loved it, there's some things about it that uh, I didn't like, but what an incredible experience. Uh, this movie somehow is one of the funniest movies I have seen all year and also one of the most disturbing movies I have seen all year. Somehow it does both and I don't understand how. Well, like I'm It sounds tr- like it comes down to amazing performances. Well, the performances are great and I certainly want to get into those, but there's even beyond just how good the acting is and that is a huge part. I really do think that is a huge part of it. The way it's written is interesting because you can tell Spike Lee doesn't care if in fact, you can tell he wants you to laugh. It's not that you're laughing in places where it's awkward or weird or he yeah. doesn't want you to laugh. You can tell he's creating comedic moments right alongside these racial atrocities. And it's it's just it's a mind-blowing experience to feel both of those things so strongly and not feel like they're working against each other. Um, and I think it's I think it's a testament to his writing, to his skill as directing, and also to the performances. Uh, that's definitely another positive. Um, John David Washington, so great. Do you ever watch Ballers? Yeah, he's Ricky in Ballers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's great in that. I didn't actually yeah. realize he was Denzel's son in Ballers for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you, once you do, you can't unhear. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like how you're he, like, oh yeah, Washington. It makes yeah. Well, and and also <laughs> he he talks like his dad. Like you'll hear those little like Denzel kind of. Like, yeah. there's a laugh that that he has. It's a lot like his dad. <laughs> you know, you can start to hear that kind of stuff, which is really fun. Um, but, but man, he is, I don't think he has to be worried at all about people claiming nepotism with him and his roles. I think he's really good. I, you know, I, I, uh, I really look forward to seeing what else he's going to be doing. He's incredible. Uh, I mean, he has a great teacher. Adam Driver is phenomenal in this movie. Um, I am so on the Adam Driver train. Like, oh yeah, he is infallible. Uh, yeah, I've never. I, seriously, I'm trying to think of when I've seen him be bad. Um, and he's just he's really good in this. Uh, Topher Grace is. I was curious. Is how- good as David Duke. Um, very difficult role to pull off. 
Um, but he nails the tone of this movie. And when you talk about the performances, having to build that into the humor as well as the tragedy of you know what's going on, yeah, he is one of those performances that I think makes that work. So all around, great performances, lots of great acting, not a weak spot in the cast. Well, good. Yeah, I was really concerned about uh, Topher Grace because you think of Topher Grace and the last person you expect him to play is, you know, the Grand Wizard or Grand Dragon, whatever the title is. Right, yeah, yeah. KKK, and you're like, really, the guy from that 70s show and all those? Yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying he's not an amazing actor, but it just didn't seem like a... uh, a role I would have, you know, cast him. But hearing you say that he actually does a good job. I think he pulls it off. Okay. Uh, and I think he's part of the reason it works. Um, I also feel like the story itself is so good that there's already a lot going on for it, right? Like the the fact that, that this black man infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan is perfect. Like there's just there's something so mind-blowing and wonderful about that. And to know that it's true. Now, I, I know that it's not like the story in the movie isn't exactly how it happened. No, it's an extreme dramatization. Correct. And there's stuff built up there for tension. There's characters changed and all that kind of stuff. I, I get that. But even reading the true, true story from Ron Stallworth, you know, in articles and stuff. I haven't read the book, but in reading some articles and stuff, it's just it's mind blowing how much of it is actually true. And the fact that he really did have a membership in the KKK as a black American is it's just kind of, I mean, what else do you need to say? It's just kind of mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, there's crazy stories like this all the time, you know, like, like with Ron Starworth and then, uh, back, I think it was like back in the fifties or something, the Superman radio show mm-hmm. versus the KKK, you know, stuff like that. You just hear all this stuff and you're like, I can't believe that's a true story. Right. It, it, it just sounds too out there to be true. It sounds yeah. like a sketch. You know, right, right. it yeah, sounds exactly. like a sketch, but you know, it really happened. It does. It, it, it does sound like a, like something on Saturday Night Live or something, yeah. you know, um, but here it happened in real life. So there's this movie has so much going for it. It's very good. I will reemphasize that it is as funny as it is. And there was lots of laughter in the theater. It is just that much disturbing as well. And this is a movie that pulls no punches. It is very bold about racism. Um, every single racial epithet that has ever been slung at an African-American in our culture is in this movie a lot. Yeah. Um, all of them. And it's uncomfortable, but it should be. You know what I mean? That's the point. That That is exactly the point. And not just the words, but the actions yeah. that are happening in here are disturbing and awful. And uh, it is... It is it, and it's one of those things again, and I guess I'll just say this because you know we're two white guys doing a podcast. Huh. Uh, you yeah, know, we always we always put forward that you know our perspective is our own perspective, and having never been an African American, you know it's hard for me to know how that would impact me in that way. But you know, I feel like my job in a lot of these uh, movies with race and then deal with race and those kind of things. My job is to listen and to really you know. To, to try to understand and to try to put myself in, in those shoes. I'm not saying I ever could. I'm not saying, you know, that that's even possible. Mm-hmm. But I think that's my job is to to empathize and to be there and to try to be the best advocate I can be, you know, to uh, against those kind of things. So, you know, that's that in a movie like this, that's how I come out of it. You know, just going, wow, I just I, I can't imagine, but I'm going to try for the sake of me being a better person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um negative i'll just say this 
it's a little didactic. It's a little on the nose. Uh, the movie is very much making things obvious about what it's relating to in current times, what it's talking about, um, the way it referenced, I'll just say the way it references Trump as a president, those kind of things in an era where that was way in the future, Yeah, is a little bit heavy-handed. But I'll also say this, I don't know that that's completely a negative because it feels very intentional. It doesn't feel like it was accidentally like that. It feels like Spike Lee was like, no, that's the movie we're making. We're going to lay this right on the line. I'm, you know, I'm, this isn't one of those read it between the lines kind of movies. This no, is, here it is. Here it is. Here's the text. Here's what I'm telling you. And without giving anything away, the way this movie ends is one of the most powerful endings to a movie I've ever seen, one of the most disturbing endings to a movie I've ever seen, uh, and also very intentionally saying, look at this, face this, understand how all of this goes together. Um, so for me, watching it, there were moments where I'm like, I, I don't, I get it. I don't need you to be that blatant. I don't need you to be that in my face. Yeah. Uh, and then I have to check myself and go, okay, but that's the movie it wants to be, and is it truly a bad thing that it's that's wanting to be that movie? No, it just means that I feel a little talked down to. Well, Spike Lee is known for making movies like that. He's not known for one to pull punches. He's right. always been an in-your-face kind of director this is, and this storyteller. This is even kind of next level. Like it's, really? Yeah, it's really... Yeah, it's it's very blatant. Again, I, I make it sound like it's a horrible negative thing. I, I still you know gave this an A minus. Like it, it, yeah. it very it didn't bring it down very much for me at all. Um, and most of that is because I think that's intentional. I think that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, uh, and that there's purpose there. You know, there's real purpose in being that bold. So um, definitely one to watch. I think it's one to watch to experience. Um, you know, I, I my one of my favorite things about film is perspective is being able to see somebody's perspective, to try to put myself in shoes, to understand my own relation to stories, to different people's stories, not just my own. Uh, and this is definitely one of those movies that does that. So I'm excited for you to see it. I hope when you see it, maybe oh, yeah. you'll have a few words Absolutely. Uh, eventually yeah. on the podcast and let us know. What kind of questions did you have before so, we finish up? I know you and I are both fans of based on true story films. Oh yeah, for sure. Did that it in itself play a part in why you liked it so much. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that that wouldn't impact me. I, I say that every time I review a true story, mm-hmm. um, that it, it, it's just something I have. I just, I love when something comes from real life, even though I know what's on the screen isn't exactly what it's was in real life. It's not a documentary. Right. I, I just, I love the idea that, oh, this is based in reality. So, so yeah, that is one of my biases. And I'm sure it had uh, a little bit to do with why I like it so much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Pacing's good. Pacing's great and and also interesting. Like I said, like you'll feel you never feel distracted. You never feel oh, I want this to hurry up because you're too busy taking the like the the punches of yeah. <laughs> you know laughing out loud to you know cringing to you know. So it's just it's always kind of it, it's just a weird attack. It's one of those movies that attacks you in a very weird way. This so. uh, my final question is: This movie seems like it would be one to have a very interesting soundtrack because you would have potentially you know soul music mm-hmm. and then also like a a country music for you know like it would have sure. a very wide range is there is the soundtrack even prominent or is it just background stuff you don't even notice um i think the soundtrack was amazing in that i didn't really pay much attention to it it did its job you know it did exactly what it was supposed to do um so no i would have to i would have to section that out for my brain and, and listen to it but yeah. no i didn't notice 
I mean, it, it felt very much of its time. You yeah. know, it, it didn't feel uh, anachronistic or anything like that. So, so yeah, I thought it was good. I'm stoked to see it. I really am. I think I think you will like it. It's it's in fact one of the, I think it was Boots Riley was talking, and this is something I actually wish uh, you know. Um, we had a, an African-American guest in here with us to talk about this because there is a little bit within the African-American community, at least from Boots Riley's perspective, conversation about, well, was the police force to put on a pedestal, you know, in this movie, you mm-hmm. know, when that kind of thing, because the movie is very much saying there are bad cops, but cops aren't bad just because they're cops, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, so it, it, it would be interesting to, to have that conversation, especially knowing how much, uh, our culture right now is dealing with police brutality as an issue, especially towards African Americans, and and I you know I can see that perspective, but it's you know it doesn't feel like a conversation for me to enter you know again because sure. of my lack of perspective. Um, so so yeah, but just to put that out there, I know that conversation is going on, and I bring it up because it is part of the idea that maybe it was too funny, maybe it was too lighthearted for some people that this topic needs to be you know as serious as it was in points all the way through. So yeah. then again, again, from an outside perspective, but you can't make a movie for everyone. Yeah, no, that's totally true. So absolutely. Any other questions? No, just, yeah. I'm stoked to see it. I really am. Cautious recommend for me, the cautious only in know what you're getting into. No, yeah. no, the, the, uh, just the, the difficulty of living through some of that. And then understand if, if, if you don't come from that perspective, if you're not African-American, how much more difficult that must be knowing that you have close friends and family or yourself who has actually lived it, you know? Yeah. So, um, so definitely a recommend from me. Ready to move on to best ever challenge? Yeah. All right. We're going to do best ever second generation actors or actresses. Actors is gender neutral a lot of times, right? I think so. I always, I always wonder about that. Well, you know, unless you're like award season actor. Right. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. yeah. From a uh, performers, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah. know how else you say. It. I think there was a there's definitely a movement. The to make. royal actors, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so best ever second generation actors or actresses. We'll go ahead and do our top three, but there are a lot of fun uh, honorable mentions that we'll talk about as well. I'm interested to see this. I think mine will be surprising, mm-hmm. um, but they are you know just my personal taste. Uh, I'll kick us off. I actually had Donald Gleason in at number three. He was um, in the honorable mention. I I think he is phenomenal. I I'm loving everything he does. Uh, the choices he's making are so cool. Of course, his dad Brendan Gleason, yeah. um, also a phenomenal actor, great actor. Yeah, uh, in Bruges is the movie that I often think of with him. Oh yeah, one that of my and uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so good. Uh, so uh, yeah, so Donald Gleason is my number three. I think he's an absolutely amazing talent that's a really good pick i'm gonna go my number three michael douglas yeah i'm actually gonna trump you but i have him at number two so we can okay. go ahead, we can go ahead and talk about it yeah go ahead uh so yeah um growing up all of his movies you know romancing the stone ghost in the darkness the game i think the game is like people of my generation like looking back like oh yeah that's his movie but i think for people a little bit older than me they look at like uh, wall street and stuff like that yeah yeah but uh no he's he's an amazing actor he always had what a that career oh man yeah and uh, he married Catherine Zeta Jones so good for him <laughs> well we haven't talked about his dad Kirk Douglas Kirk right Douglas yeah which, which by the way Kirk Douglas Michael Douglas Kurt Russell yeah. forms this 
jambalaya in my oh, brain, yeah. and it's the reason sometimes I'll call Michael Douglas Kurt Douglas, yeah, and not not even Kirk Douglas, but Kurt Douglas, yeah, K U R T, accidentally, yeah. It's just I have this weird thing with those three that happens, I guess, with with sometimes when we do stuff, but um, but I falling down is another one uh, mm-hmm. that I would absolutely mention from uh, his filmography. Man, what an incredible filmography he's got! Um, it just spans on, and you're like, this guy is. In a lot of really good movies. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Michael Douglas? I, I'm just reading it, yes. What? I don't I don't. I don't remember that either. But yeah. American President is another one Yeah. Uh, that I would mention. So uh, Postman, which is really... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so many. So many good ones. So, yeah, that's, that's a great number. Three for you, number two for me. So what's your number two? Angelina Jolie. Yeah, honorable mention for me. Okay. Didn't quite make my number one, uh, but yeah, honorable mention. No, um, I. a lot of people hate Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I really enjoy Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I think it's I a think lot it's of fun. fun. Um, a lot of people just look at her and you're like, you know, she's just a beautiful woman. I think she's actually a really, really good actress. And of course, a lot of people don't know her dad's John Voight. Yeah. So they're like, oh, a different last name. Which is, I was surprised by a lot of different last names in this. Yeah, that made my honorable mention. Do you think like, that's sometimes intentional? Do you think it's like wanting to escape the idea of nepotism, those kind of things? I think with her in particular, her and her dad do not have a good relationship. Oh, so see, I don't keep up on that kind of stuff. Like I just well, don't pay attention to that. Kind like of I said, stuff. as I was, I knew that they were. You know, I just wanted to make sure, like her mom wasn't anybody famous that I, that I'd heard of. But as I was reading this, I guess they don't have a good relationship. So ah. Yeah. That makes me sad. Yeah. I don't like when people don't have good relationships. Yeah. But uh, she's also proving to be a really good director as well. You know? Yeah. She has the eye. She ha- kind of has that What's Clint that? Eastwood cinematic. She did Undefeated is what she directed. She also did... What was uh, the... Uh, or what? Unbroken. I can't remember which... Unbroken, Undefeated. Yeah. yeah. I've I've enjoyed several aspects of her career. Yeah. Uh, I've I've enjoyed her action star stuff um yeah. some of the movies aren't necessarily great movies but i think she does yeah, fine in them. And, yeah. uh, like wanted and salt and you know that kind of stuff um uh changeling was the one i think she directed changeling is like the epitome of her performance you know like, yeah I, uh that and what was didn't did she, she direct win? didn't she direct changeling too i thought clint eastwood directed that one. Oh, you may be right you might be right yeah i could be wrong though well, that's <laughs> those are my possible. two options, right? That's right. She did Unbroken. I yeah. remember she did Unbroken. Unbroken, that's what. Yeah. Now she was with her dad in the old Tomb Raider movies, right? Weren't her and John Voight in those yeah. old Tomb Raider movies? Yeah, she actually. Maybe that's why they split yeah. because those movies were so bad. They were yeah. just like, I can't believe it. This, this and is then what he happens. went on to do Anaconda, and you're like, that's it, Dad. I'm done. <laughs> I kind of love Anaconda. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it forever. I just remember laughing my butt off when I watched it. Oh, so it's that kind of like yeah, it. Okay. I just, I just like that snake swallows him whole. And then spits and him then back out. And spits him back out. And he winks at Yes, Jenner. yes, a regurgitated John Voight wink. I mean, what more do you need? Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yep, it's that movie. That is that movie. All right, number ones. <clears throat> Doing our number ones. Yep, what do you got? Jeff Bridges. Ditto. All right. We were kind of similar lists then. Yeah. Well, we know good actors. Well, that's right. We do. Uh, Man, I'll, before we get into Jeff Bridges, I want to talk about Lloyd Bridges Let's real do quick. It. That guy is funny. <laughs> oh, man, that guy is funny. You yeah. watch Airplane, you watch any of those movies. It's because him and uh, yeah. Leslie Nielsen, yeah. they came from that, you know, stoic, stern-faced 
actor oh, yeah. background. And yeah. then they did those comedy movies, and you're like, hot the transition shots. and hot shots. Oh yeah. my gosh, when he plays the president in the <laughs> hot shots movies, it's the funniest. I cannot oh, stop yeah. laughing. He's yeah. so good. But Jeff Bridges, I mean, come on, he's the dude. He's more than just the dude. Him and uh, Bo Bridges, his brother. You know, I, I've heard him. I've heard him taken to task for kind of having, you know, it, two aspects to his acting: either the dude or Rooster Cogburn. You yeah, know, the kind grumble of the, mumble. Yeah, the kind of the grumble mumble thing. But he is a very talented, uh, talented actor. I, I, it's even that doesn't bother me. Can I just say it that way? It doesn't bother me if somebody has an aspect to their acting that that tends to be a part of their performances. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is if I don't believe their performances. Yeah. If I believe that they're the person they're portraying, it doesn't matter to me if they portrayed a similar person before. Um man, Heller High Water is one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen. Yeah. Um he's so good in that. Did you ever see Crazy Heart? Uh yes, but very it was it was when it came out so like a decade ago. Yeah. And I, I don't remember a lot about it. I think that's one of his best performances. It's because I don't think it 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 doesn't fall in mumble grumble and it doesn't fall in the dude. It's like its own unique performance. Kind of showcases something a little bit different. Maybe that's why it stands out to me. And then you can go all the way back to Tron, Tron Legacy, you know, Starman, Starman, go back to Starman. Yeah, I mean the guy's been in stuff, <laughs> good stuff, and also bad stuff. R.A.P.D. You know, uh, I, you know, I kind of blacked that one out from my memory, but thanks for bringing that back up. <laughs> that should have been a home run, right? All right, should it, it? Well, it just be was it just be the it, the subject it felt matter too, this, like too much like a made for TV men in black knockoff. I just, I just mean when you've got Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds heading up a movie, yeah, like it feels like I should be in, yeah, you know, but I was not in. <laughs> no, that was so bad. All right, who else do we want to? Or did we want to mention more about? Uh, Jeff Bridges. Well, I said a few things. Anything you wanted to mention? No, I, I kind of covered the movies that I that I wanted to to chat about with him. I mean, the original Iron Man. You know, his performance in that. Oh, I think he's is such a good. good I was surprised how good of a villain he was. Right, he's yeah. a really good villain. And True Grit, I think, is another one. The the True Grit. Remake. The beginning of the mumble grumble. <laughs> yeah, is another one worth mentioning. So yeah. so yeah, Jeff Bridges, a uh, number one second generation actor for both of us. Apparently. Yep. So there you go. Uh, let's mention some others. I have um, a you wanna, lot of. You want to alternate? We'll just kind of okay, throw yeah. it back and forth. Um, why don't you start? All the Sheens. <laughs> right. Well, and Emilio and, and Estevez. And the Estevez. <laughs> and the Estevez. Yeah. No, I think that's a good, that's a, that's definitely one you have to mention. Although I wouldn't necessarily mention Charlie Sheen as a great actor necessarily. I would. Would you? Not a great like, person, but a great what actor. Is it, what, what, what has he been a great actor in? Uh, I think he was really good in Wall Street. Uh, I think he was, he's perfect in like the hotshot movies. Comedy, well, yeah. comedy, comedy is his. You can't just say, oh, besides comedy, no, he's right. a really good no, comedic that's actor. No, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. And, uh, you know, you have um, Martin Sheen. Or, yeah, I keep getting Michael Sheen and Martin Sheen, like the whole thing mixed up. And Yeah. I no, think a lot of people do. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, of course, you know, is a very, you look at Apocalypse Now, he's had, you know, a career. <laughs> uh, well, and then Emilio Estevez is the coach from Mighty Ducks. <laughs> what else do you need? Yeah. Uh, uh, Martin Sheen for me is West Wing. Uh, now that I've started kind of in, into West Wing. Oh, you, had, th- you just started West yeah, Wing? Yeah, I just started in. Ooh. I'm almost done with the first season. Um, Get it's just, ready. It, I'll tell you this, though. Like, the last three seasons are pretty bad. Yeah? That really are. Because uh, uh, Aaron Sorkin left. Oh, no. So, that makes me sad. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm loving it so much. Yeah. And uh, and so I think he will be cemented in my mind as the West Wing is kind of his thing. So Yeah. Yeah. What um, do you got? Uh, I will go with, let's talk about uh, Carrie Fisher, mm. uh, Princess Leia, who was the daughter of Debbie Reynolds uh, from Singing in the Rain. And that was the one, when I heard it, I was like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, it should it like in many ways it should be my number one because it's Star Wars and Singing in the Rain in the same family. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but I think Carrie Fisher is sometimes an underrated actress uh, because of how Star Wars impacted her life. Yeah. Um, but she's done a little bit of good work outside of that, and so I wanted at least to throw an honorable mention that way. And Debbie Reynolds' performance in Singing in the Rain is one of my top five female performances of all time. Um, it's just so much joy there, so much fun, and she was eight. When she did that movie, yeah. eighteen, and she was dancing and singing and staying right in step with Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly. I mean, mind blown! What an what an incredible story. So that yeah. would be, be a really good uh, biopic right there. Well, and they and they were really close. Didn't they die close to each other? Didn't after Carrie yeah. passed? Didn't Debbie pass soon after? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's I, I the life of Debbie Reynolds. I think we could definitely be an interesting biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff there, and uh, I I would love to see. You know, uh, I'm not. I don't expect to. If if that is supposed to be private, it can be private. I just mean if they yeah. wanted it to be public, I would love to see more into. Yeah. You know, kind of that story. So yeah. so yeah. So there's one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. All the scars guards. <laughs> are you just doing all the all this? Well, those are my two all the all this. <laughs> okay. But you know, uh Alexander Skarsgård, right. you have Bill Skarsgård. Right. Honestly, I I was all up on Alexander Skarsgård as being the next big thing, but Bill Skarsgård lately has been killing it with some amazing performances, man. Yeah. You look at uh, Pennywise and then you look at uh, the prisoner in Castle Rock, which have you started? Castle? No, I no. haven't started. I don't think I will start Castle Rock unless sure. I get some more. Because it sounds to me like being a Stephen King fan is a huge benefit in the show. Not that it's necessarily a necessity, yeah, but that it that it really makes the show sing. Uh, you don't need to know his work. You just have to like the style and tempo of his work, because that's where I think it would really help you. If you like Stephen King books and movies. You might like this show. Okay. Um, but Alexander, and then their dad, Stellan Skarsgård, of course. Right. You know, very famous man in all the Avengers movies and all the Thor movies. Uh, actually, did you know Alexander Skarsgård was the uh, second pick to play Thor? Before really? Before Chris Hemsworth? Because they're Swedish. Yeah. Yeah, he was going to be Thor, but then they went with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Well, Can you imagine what that would have been like? They uh, Just I... imagine hit the Tarzan body right. with Mjolnir. That's yeah, it. <laughs> it's an interesting thought. I know uh, they they feel like they made some mistakes with Thor in trying to make him too Scandinavian when they started. Even when they went with Hemsworth, they tried to blonde him up a lot, and yeah, and you know that's since fallen by the wayside. But um, but yeah, just like Scarlet Witch's accent, <laughs> some things you just don't need to hold on to. Yeah, did you remember that? I watched Age of Ultron a, a little while ago. I'm like, oh yeah, all Eliz- right. Elizabeth Olsen used to have an accent. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, Vision yeah. can bend all time and space, so he probably just took it away. Sure. You know, she was like, you know what? I don't want this accent anymore. He's like, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you, fam. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, let's go with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, daughter of Blythe Danner. So, oh. 
So huh. that was another one I saw that I thought was worth mentioning. Um, she had a great career. Yeah. Gwyneth. What's your favorite Gwyneth Paltrow movie? Why'd you have to do that? To me? <laughs> uh, I mean, is the uh, Infinity War like cheating? <laughs> no. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, Infinity War probably. <laughs> Use Infinity War. Yeah. Um, I think for me, yeah. Uh, she's she's been in lots of stuff, but I don't know that like there's a a um quintessential performance from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like I like her as as Pepper Potts. Um, I liked her in um. She was in seven, right? Wasn't that her in seven? Yeah. What's in the box? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Shakespeare in Love, a lot of people mentioned. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Sliding Doors, um, I think, is a good one. So, yeah. yeah, she's been in some good stuff. That she has. I had no idea that she was, yeah, that's interesting. Daughter of Blythe Danner. So what else you got? Rob Reiner. Yeah. I know he's more of a director than an actor, but he's, he's, acted. Acted, he's acted in stuff. He's been in stuff. Yep. It counts. Yeah. Uh, Carl Reiner, of course. Yeah, great. Gotta love. I can't believe they're they're both still alive. <laughs> Carl Reiner is still alive. Yeah, is he really? I think so. That blows my mind. I would have never have guessed that. Um, yeah, he's ninety six. Wow, nicely done, Carl. Yeah, way to go, buddy. <laughs> uh, Carl, my introduction to Carl Reiner was the Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah, uh, he is on it. Also, he was a big part behind it. Um, so yeah, funny, funny dude. No surprise, uh, uh, that the Reiners have gone on to do amazing things. The jerk was mine. Introduction. Oh, to nice. Him. Yeah. Nice. And then of course, you know, he's famous for being in the ocean movies as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Of course. What do you got? Uh, let's go with, uh, another one that should be right up my alley. Jamie Lee Curtis, daughter of Janet Lee, uh, from Psycho. I'm getting blown away right, right? now. Right. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, from Psycho? To- yeah, 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 that's interesting yeah, that Dana she Lee. went on to be the Scream Queen. Right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was like genetic. That is. So, yeah. There's a great picture of Jamie Lee Curtis um, holding up a picture of her mom doing the shower scream yeah. and then doing the shower scream at the same time. Uh, it's obviously a staged picture, you know? Yeah, to yeah. Kinda, to, but it's it's really great. Uh, so, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. That blew my mind. That should have been your number one right, right? there. Yeah, because I love Hitchcock. Yeah, um, Janet Lee was, you know, not just um, Psycho for Hitchcock, right? Didn't she do other Hitchcock stuff as well? Wasn't she in the Birds? I thought she was the Birds. That's when I was yeah. thinking. Uh, I just didn't want to be. No, I think she is. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Donald, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland's son. Yep. Both very storied careers. Did you ever watch Twenty Four? Did I ever watch Twenty Four? I loved Twenty Four. Really? Man. Okay. Yeah. I've only seen the first two seasons. I watched every single season. Uh, I watched the reboot uh, that came out. Uh, I am a huge fan of real time entertainment. It's yeah. One of my, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, that show could have done it better by doing, I think, twelve instead of twenty four. Mm-hmm. It did feel like they were stretching a lot. Um, but but yeah. He ran that whole 24 hours. He did, man. Yeah. No bathroom breaks needed. No. And then Donald Sutherland, of course. I mean, whew. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had that in mind, too. What do you got? Uh, Ben Stiller. Yep. Son of Jerry Jerry Stiller. Stiller. And um, what's his mom's name? Uh, 
I'm having a brain fart. Anyway, yeah, Ben Stiller. Yeah. What's your favorite Ben Stiller movie? Putting Pro- you on the spot. Probably, hmm, I was going to say Zoolander. Um, if I'm just wanting to laugh, you know, if I'm just wanting to have a good time. Yeah. Um, there's some great stuff in Dodgeball. I'm a Night at the Museum guy, too. I enjoy that. Um, I didn't like Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I, I love it, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I thought it was a miss. Maybe oh, I need to watch it again. I yeah. just I was bored through a lot of it. It's either Zoolander or Tropic Thunder for me. Tropic Thunder is certainly worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, I get the love for that movie for sure. Uh, Meyerowitz Stories that just came out is another one worth checking out. I couldn't get through that movie before I just got bored with it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I know. Everybody loved the Meyerowitz story. Uh, Cable Guy. If we're talking like, uh, <laughs> I think that's, I guess, yeah. It's just you know you you hear Cable Guy and you more think about you know Jim Carrey. Yeah, Broderick and Carrey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Mystery Men is another one I'll give a shout out to. I actually, Mystery Men is a guilty pleasure for me. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun as well, and I really enjoyed while we were young. So yeah, lots of Ben Stiller love. Yep. Uh, what do you got next? For oh, is it my turn again? Oh, didn't oh, I do the Stillers? Okay, yeah. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, that's true. Yep, Ron um, Howard. He certainly was an actor before he was a director. <laughs> or we just we didn't get to do t- TV theme songs now. I mean, it's one of the most famous, you know, mm-hmm. intros of all time. The Andy the Griffith, Griffith Show. Show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, she's an amazing actress. Actually, the first two movies I saw her in, she was like a villain, sort of. So like, I always associated her with movies oh, after interesting. that. Interesting. Uh, Fifty Fifty, and The Help. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, she is not a good person. <laughs> but then I saw her and all the other stuff. I'm like, okay, I take it back. And and she turned out to be a really good actress. So. Yeah, yeah. She is she is one of the one of the few I've had a chance to meet at my awards. Oh, ceremony nice. kind of things. Nice in person. Yeah, totally oh, great good. in person. I I've said this before. I, I have. It is very rare the experience of somebody at one of those things where um, they are not lovely. So yeah, yeah. Any yeah. more for you? Uh, I also had Laura Dern. Uh, yeah, daughter Bruce Dern yeah. and Sean Astin. Um, who who uh, his uh, John Astin was his dad. Yeah, who's Gomez from uh, the Adams family. The Adams family. I knew. I was shocked to learn that one today. Yeah. I was like, really? Your dad? And then, you know, the Aston thing pops and you're like, but his dad died way too young. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He was an amazing Gomez Adams. So there you go. Best ever second generation well, I still actors. Got a couple more. Oh, well, yeah. lay them on me, man. Colin Hanks. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yes, but I want to see more. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm. I really liked him, Fargo. I like La La Land was the last thing I saw him, and he was in there for like three minutes. Yeah. You know. So. Uh, what about Jason Schwartzman? Uh, who's Jason Schwartzman's? Talia yeah. Shire. Oh, Adrian from the Rocky yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah. No, I didn't even know that one. So I'm not a huge Schwartzman fan. I like Schwartzman. Yeah. I mean, you put him in a Wes Anderson movie, and I know it's going to be good. Or you know Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's now. That's it for me. There we go. Uh, if you've got any, let us know. Feel free to uh, hit us up I think via we email. Said all. <laughs> no, I'm. I guarantee well, you. Well, I mean, we did, we did say you know the Washingtons. You know. Yeah, of course. So yeah, yeah. Definitely. that's why we're doing this. So. Um, before we head on to the Sift Quest, just a reminder that this is a fan-funded podcast network. So if you don't mind throwing like three bucks a month our way, 
Uh, we'd appreciate it. Keeps us doing what we're doing. Uh, and thank you so much for that. Uh, you can go to um, patreon.com slash studio DNA to support. There's some fun extras there, uh, some fun extras there, like bonus episodes for every episode of Sif Pop. Uh, we did a bonus episode and chatted a little bit about Better Call Saul being back and kind of catching up with what's been going on with Andrew and lots of fun stuff. So you can check out those bonus episodes and much more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. All right, our Sift Quest. This is where you send us on a quest. And uh, well, this comes from Mark via Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so you can tweet at me, at Aaron Dicer. Uh, Mark says, hey, guys, love the show. Mark from Kent in jolly old England. I will not attempt to do an English accent. Uh, he didn't Hello, say, governor. He didn't say that. I said that. Yeah. Um, I, I actually was uh, in Pygmalion in high school. Uh, I was, um, it's my fair, the play version of My Fair Lady. Oh, okay. And I was Dr. Henry Iggins. <laughs> um, but I tried to do a whole British accent yeah. through that whole thing. And Just remember, if there's a TH, make an F sound. Is, is that how we do it? Yeah. You got through it. But it was different with Henry Higgins because he was all like, you know, pronounce everything correctly and, you know, that kind of thing. So it was interesting. Anyways, that's beside the whole point, Kent. Yeah. Kent says, what is your favorite <laughs> film? Uh, what is your favorite film that uses time travel? Mine is about time. And although it's not a good film, why do you say that? About Time is certainly a good film. I just talked about Donald Gleason. Uh, it has a great concept, and I can't wait to hear what time travel flicks tickle your fancy. Keep up the great work. Thanks for keeping me entertained through my long drives, Mark. You're welcome, Mark. Let's talk time travel. Wow. I mean, it's a big category. There is a lot of... No, there's a lot of good time travel So what I, what I did was I picked my favorite movie that has time travel in it. Mm-hmm. I picked my favorite use of time travel. Yeah. In a movie like that, I think it's best used. Mm-hmm. And my favorite movie that you would swear is about time travel, but actually isn't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you could probably guess that one. So those are the three things I did. Did you have like a list, or did you? What did you want to do? I just had like five movies that I have to give a shout out to. All right, so. get, go ahead and like give your shout outs. And well, I'll tell you what. I'll start with my favorite, which is yeah. Back to the Future. Okay, uh, that is absolutely my favorite. It's movie. the quintessential. It's, it, even though I hate the time travel in that movie, like it makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Um, I the, with a movie with time travel in it, that is my favorite, and I think that speaks a lot to the fact that. Movies don't have to make perfect sense to be a lot of fun and to have a good time with them. So, Whenever I watch a time travel movie, either don't really focus on the time travel at all, or if you really are, do your homework and try and make it as believable as possible. Right, yeah, Those yeah. are your two options. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm not trying to you know throw this out there, but just as an example, Looper, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Jeff Daniels just says, I'm not even going to attempt to talk about... Uh, uh, Right. Uh, time travel, I would, you know, need red strings and I would just fry your brain. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I like that. Don't even mention it. Just say yeah. it's too complicated it to talk a, about. It wasn't enough for me. It was one of my major problems with Looper was... Really? Yeah. That just there, I like, were, there were some time travel paradoxes in that that Well, that's what the movie's about, the paradox. Yeah, I couldn't get past them, though. Okay. Uh, my quintessential time travel movie? Yeah. Probably Interstellar. Yeah? It, it's not really... It's different time travel. I was going to say, that almost fits in my third category. It's a oh, movie really? you would swear is about time travel, but it's not really. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's about time compression yes, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's it's really weird because the closer you get to the black hole, you're affected by time. Yeah, time works differently. Exactly. Yeah, those kind of things. So I guess you could see that it you know really isn't 
but, but it at is. the same time, it is. But it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So cool. okay. Uh, what do you? What else you got? That's. Well, go ahead and shout out your others, and then I'll talk okay. about my two last categories. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the Groundhog's Day, another kind of time travel movie. You know, mm-hmm. reliving the same thing over and over and over again. Yep. But I think from a sci-fi standpoint, I think it's done the best. Yeah. You know, of the over and over and over. Because there's been, you know, horror movies that did that and stuff like that. Groundhog Day would easily be my second favorite movie okay. with time travel in it. And yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is is also really good. That movie would be up there for me if it weren't for the ending, which I really don't like. So. Oh, yeah. Everybody hates the ending of that movie. Not everybody. Uh, I th- I read somewhere uh, they asked um, how, how long uh, had he, you know, been living that day over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm talking about uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they said it was roughly about ten thousand years. Yeah, it, it was a lot. Yeah, ten thousand years that he lived the same day over and over again. It's craziness. Yeah. Um, another one that I'm going to give a shout out to, and because I think this is the best example of how to, if you're going to talk about time travel, make it everything, and that's Primer. Yeah. Because Primer is like that's what the movie, literally the entire movie, is about time travel. Yeah. And how they discover it. And the movie's done for like five bucks. But I, it's so good. A hand up. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, you're not supposed to understand Prime. I'm just saying it's one of those movies I'm like, I bet those guys are really smart. I just, I'm just i just not following. Yeah. I've seen Primer, I don't know how many times, and I still find something new I think I kind of understand, yeah. but then realize I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the question. No, you have to mention Primer, sure. Yeah. What else you got? All right, so that's your you got your shout outs done. I have like a couple more, but I want you. To, I've been talking, so I want. You all right, to all right. Uh, my favorite use of time travel in a movie is Twelve Monkeys. That's a really. I was going to be one of my shout outs. Um, I have never seen a movie show time travel the way I think it only can be like Twelve Monkeys does. Um, I am of the firm belief that 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 I, it is hard for me to uh, to understand or believe multiple timelines in the paradoxes that come with multiple timelines. And 12 Monkeys dares to say, we're doing a time travel movie with the understanding that any type of time travel has always been, and it has always been the way it was. It doesn't change anything. Um, You know, if somebody travels back in time... It already happened. Already happened in the past, you know. Yeah. So, and that that is my personal belief. If time travel were ever to be, if we were ever ever to figure out how to manipulate time, yeah. Um, that number one, it would have to be a non-changing thing, and number two, it would only have to be from portal forward. And what I may say when I say portal is the creation of time manipulation would be the starting point, the earliest anybody would ever be able to go back to. My assumption has always been that whenever you travel in time, you not only travel through time, but you literally create a multiverse and you would actually that's what i'm saying i I don't think that's i don't find that logically possible yeah so yeah i think that uh, i'm saying like in my mind i'm like well maybe the paradox would actually split the two universes and they would branch off kind of like a butterfly effect a very bad time travel movie (laughs) so anyways 12 monkeys i've always loved because of that and i love i love the way uh, especially the finish of that movie uh comes into into a clear picture uh, I'm going to go with uh, T2 Judgment Day, or just The Terminator. Yeah, it's a good choice. But Judgment Day is my favorite. That's such a good movie. Yeah. People forget, oh yeah, that's time travel. It's a huge part of the movie. Well, it is, I mean, yeah. that is the movie. Yeah. And the whole thing is about going back in yeah. time. And a movie that really doesn't deal with time travel more is like, a look at what the future is going to be, Idiocracy. You know? He yeah. Goes, because- But it's time travel. He, he does go to the future. Right, but he's cryogenically frozen. So I don't oh know no, if it's th- not time travel then. No, yeah. that's science. That's not time travel. That's a different kind of science. Yeah, 
cryogenics. So there that we makes go. Sense. Uh, the only other one I wanted to mention is my favorite uh, non-time travel movie that a lot of people think is time travel. Uh, and I, I don't know that it's spoilery. Uh, I think I know what it is. I'm sure you, what do you think it is? Source code? Oh, no. Oh. No. I do love, I do like source code, though. Yeah. That's not time travel, I don't think. No, that's what um, I was saying. People think it's time travel, but it's not. It's Arrival. Whoa. You're right. It is not time travel. Though. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not a time travel movie, but you. But it's easy to Can, mistake it as one. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why I didn't think of it. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Is that I just didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah. But no, so, you're right. People can confuse that for a time travel movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But. But it's not. No. I feel like Arrival is one of those movies. There's a back and forth between uh, me and the Sin cast right now where. They keep talking about Arrival, and they're like, well, I'm sure Aaron will go on Twitter and explain to us, uh, you know, Arrival. I feel like Arrival is becoming my new Lost. Uh, I feel like it's that same conversation I have about things in Arrival that I feel like I understand that that other people, you know, disagree with or don't understand that, you know, when people are like, I saw the last episode of Lost, they were dead the whole time. And I'm like, no, that's not the point of the show. Yeah. They, they weren't dead the whole time. You know, like, I feel like I'm having that conversation with Arrival a lot now where it's like, no, that's not what was happening. But. Oh, yeah. People can do that with, like, Inception, Arrival, yeah, yeah. you know, just all yeah. those kind of movies. So I always have to be careful because it's not like I it's not like I'm the expert. You're it's officially not like I'm the one now the spokesperson wrote. for <laughs> right, yeah, Arrival. exactly. Sorry, Denis strong... Villeneuve. You don't get credit for that when it's all about Aaron. I just, I just have strong beliefs about what that movie is saying and what, you know, what's going on in that movie. Yeah. Um, and, indeed, it is not time travel, but it is uh, definitely very interesting. My final shout-out is Safety Not Guaranteed. <laughs> Okay. Did you not not see that one? Uh, I think I've seen Safety Not Guaranteed. Is it recent? It came out in like 2012. Oh no, then I haven't. Then I haven't. It was, I was thinking it, of something else. It was like the big Colin Trevorrow like premiere movie. Oh, that's right. With no, I Aubrey never saw Plaza that. and Mark Douglas. Never saw it. I really like that movie. Okay. I think you would enjoy it. I really do. Okay. Something to if you ever get a free time and it's on. Give it a watch. You'll like it. Free time and it's on. <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, the chance of those two things coinciding with each other is probably very unlikely. That in um, itself is a paradox. <laughs> that's right. I'll have to invent time travel to be able to see safety not guaranteed. No, I'll make an effort for it if you think it's great. I'll, I really I'll get do. it on my list. I really do so. like it. There you go. Time travel movies. There's lots of them. Uh, Mark, I hope that answers your question. If you've got a quest you want to send us on, feel free to hit us up. Uh, you can send an email or through Twitter. If you email, it's feedback at sifpop.com. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at Aaron Dicer. Uh, I leave my DMs open in case you need a little more space to ask your question. So feel free to do that. All right, before we finish out, let's do some buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? I'll let you go first. Uh, I saw Adrift recently. Oh, yeah. I'm Have you sorry. seen it? Yeah, I remember I reviewed it. Oh, yeah. Remember I said that I... I, I totally could, forgotten. I said that it could have been a good movie, except that the editing choice that they went, I just couldn't... I hated it. I feel 100% opposite. Really? I loved it because of the way it was put together and the way it was edited. That's funny. Yeah. No, I, no, it's really interesting because that's the exact reason I love it. I love the way it was constructed. Um, <laughs> I I didn't, of course, didn't know anything going in. I don't watch trailers, anything sure. like yeah. that. And I love that this is a based on a true story. First of all, um, I was having a discussion with somebody on Twitter who hasn't seen it, so they didn't want to see it because everything's spoiled in the, the trailer. I just want to say, I went back and watched the trailer. Everything is not spoiled in the trailer for this movie. Yeah. There are actually some really big, interesting moments uh, that are n not even sniffed in the trailer. So uh, I did want to say that. Um, but the way it's constructed is so different than most um, 
true story movies because it's completely nonlinear. Uh, and in it, <clears throat> the way it bounces back and forth to me is so purposeful and interesting because it's all both uh, ways and places and times they're telling the story converge at a very interesting place in the movie. Um, that again, I, I don't want to spoil anything or give anything away. Yeah, but it, it's just a really interesting build up for me to uh, a part of the movie that I wasn't expecting. I thought was really interesting and really um, meaningful. And yeah, I found I found it really good. I found Shailene Woodley's performance. Oh, she's amazing, phenomenal. Yeah, she's so good. So yeah, that's really interesting. The same thing I loved about it is what you didn't <laughs> like about it. Yeah, for me, uh, uh, it took me out of the tension moments. Like it was too like. Whenever it was okay. really tense, and then it would go back to calm. Like I didn't get to live in a moment for long enough. It felt like for me. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe it's because that's not what it. Maybe it's just wasn't what it was about for me. Mm. It would that movie didn't feel because you're talking about the storm. There's obviously a storm There's involved, a storm, and they're adrift at sea, and and then it goes back. You know, right, before yeah, yeah. everything, but it kept going back and forth through. You know, throughout the entire thing, but it was like. Uh, I can't live in this moment long enough to appreciate it before I'm being taken either back or forth or back or forth. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I appreciated both parts and was excited to get to both of them. Maybe that's what it was for me. I was ready to get like if if we were in one part, I was like, oh, you know, I'm ready to see the next part of the other part of the story. And when we were there, I was like, oh, I'm ready to see the next part of you know this part of the story. Huh. So. So yeah, I was always ready when they switched. You I, know? I'm okay with them, you know, going back and forth, but I think they did it too much. If they would have like could be glumped or clumped them into like bigger groups, mm. and then did, did that, I would have liked it a lot more. But that was my <laughs> your thing you loved and the thing I hated, <laughs> exact same thing. That's great. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your buried treasure? I've been watching Disenchantment okay. on Netflix. Yeah, you is heard it any of good? I no. What is what? it? Okay, so it's the people from Futurama making a new show. Oh, yeah, that's out? Yeah, it just came out. Oh! It's good. Now I it's, got something to watch. It's really funny. It like, Well, no, it doesn't surprise me. It feels like Futurama never left, except for the fact that it's, you know, a fantasy land instead of the future. Right. But, like, the same style of humor. Is Billy West in it? Is he doing any of I the voices? I think so, yeah. And so better. does John. John DiMaggio? John DiMaggio. Good. Yeah. I, that's one of the things I loved about Simpsons and Futurama, and I guess now Disenchantment, is using voice actors uh, instead of it's casting. Like a family. Instead of casting big names, you know, yeah. to cast really talented voice people, is, I think is really cool. So, and it's really cool seeing the main character as a princess. You know, it's like a a tomboy princess who doesn't want to, you know, go follow the suit of you know, marry the prince and live like happily and brave. Yeah. Except, you know, it's if she was Lisa Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I... Actually, she's more like Bart. I was the, vaguely aware that it was coming. Yeah. I didn't realize it was coming this fast. Friday as when... How many episodes? I have Did only seen like three or four, but I think there's like... They drop, uh, they drop the typical eight? I don't know. Eight, ten, or twelve is usually what they do. So let's take a gander here, real quick. Uh, episode looks like ten. Looks like maybe ten. they dropped ten episodes. Ten episodes. So. That's great. Oh, I'm loving it. It's so fun. Man, it really is. As if I didn't have a million other things to watch, but <laughs> that'll rock it. No, right you up really to the top. have to. You really have to make time for it. That'll rock it up to the top of the list for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up on that. No problemo, bro. Disenchantment. Disenchantment. Well, there we go. We did it. Bow, bow. We casted a pod and 
<laughs> the pods were cast. The pods were. Were you doing the? Yeah, I was the doing the music? outro music. So like, <laughs> you don't even need to do it now. No, bum, I have to bum, play it, Aaron. Bum, bum, bum. Andrew's guy. Come on here. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Andrew again for hanging out. Thanks, buddy. Got anywhere you want to send people? Follow me on the internet, Twitter, Instagram, at Flick Freaks. Find me on there. Post stuff. Sometimes it's funny. You can, uh, same for me, you can find me at Twitter at Aaron Dicer or you can search for your movie friend uh, on the interwebs or at YouTube. Give a subscribe. Uh, I do a weekly movie review where I break down five things uh, about one of the movies that's out that weekend. And uh, so if you want to check that out, I'd love to hear your feedback on that. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more about that at patreon.com slash studio DNA. If you'd like to connect directly with us, you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. You can also leave comments on any of the podcast players. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than fixing centuries of racial discord. Uh, We will be back next week with something... Either um, Papillon or the Happy Time Murders. Yeah, Happy Time Murders, <laughs> Papillon. Maybe Crazy Rich Asians. I don't know. I mean, oh, like okay. $35 million this weekend, so it's definitely a big hit. Uh, I'll probably put out another poll this week. Okay. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll probably throw out a poll about what you want us to review for next week. But we will see you then. We will not be doing spoilers on Black Klansman because Andrew hasn't seen it. Sorry. So maybe we'll do a special spoiler cast on on that if we even feel like it's needed if uh, if and when Andrew gets around to seeing it. But either way, we'll catch you back here next week. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.